Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing equality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is the show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They are actually leading the way. And today we're talking all about intentional communications, how to transform your relationships, resolve conflicts, and speak with honesty and confidence. And today we are talking with Cynthia Kane. She is the founder and CEO of Kane Intentional Communication Institute the leading communication institute that provides services to individuals and companies to improve their communication skills. Cynthia uses her proprietary process called the Kane Intentional Communication Practice to help her students experience more peace so they can show up authentically in their most important relationships. She's the author of How to Communicate Like a Buddhist, Talk to Yourself Like a Buddhist, and How to Meditate Like a Buddhist, and was named by Yahoo the number two communication coach to watch in 2021. She and her work have been featured across all national and international publications, and Cynthia has a Bachelor of Arts degree from Bard College and Master of Fine Arts degree from Sarah Lawrence College and lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and two little kiddos, which I'm sure you get to practice what you preach with them as well. Every moment (laughs) of every day. (laughs) Well, welcome, Cynthia. I'm so excited to talk with you. I'm happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to hear how you got into intentional communication, your own heroine's journey of... You know, I I have a communications degree, an art degree myself, but that's not what I do today. How did you get from, a, you know, Master of Fine Arts to mm-hmm. now teaching people and companies all over the world how to communicate? Yeah. I mean, it, it was not something that when I was younger, I was like, I want to grow up and teach people how to communicate. Um, really, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was write. That was what I really wanted to do. Um so I kind of happened upon all of this in a really roundabout way. I used to be a really horrible communicator. I was very passive aggressive, like loved rolling my eyes, walking away. Conflict was not my friend. Confrontation, I just tried to please everybody and make everything okay so that 
I wouldn't be in any difficult situations with people. Um, and silence was really scary to me. It was like, I felt like I always needed to fill the space. Um, I was very reactionary. You know, I was like, I could drop a rubber band and just be like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing in the world. You know, like just go off. Um, so I was very extreme, like very exaggerated. Um, and most of my relationships were very heated because I was very reactionary and there was a lot of miscommunication because I didn't, I really expected other people to know what I was thinking and wanting and needing, but I had no idea how to express it. And really what it came down to was I really didn't know what it was that I wanted and needed. I just wanted somebody else to know, right? Um, so I, I'd been with my first love for about seven and a half years and we met in college when we were 18 at Bard. And um, we decided after seven and a half years, it was either we were going to like get married or we were gonna go our separate ways. And we decided to go our separate ways thinking that the universe would bring us back together again. Um, and he was from Costa Rica. And at that time I was um, in New York finishing up my MFA when we were going our separate ways. And four years later, we reconnected in New York. And it was lovely because we were like, this is it. Like, this is our time to come back together. We talked about what didn't work in our relationship. So much of it was communication issues, right? Um, and then three months later, he passed away. He was kayaking down a river in Costa Rica and he got caught in a swell. And my whole world just like, I mean, my whole world just shut down really. Um, so that was the lowest point in my life for sure. I was definitely an empty canvas, just completely blank. Um, and I really, all I really wanted was somebody to come and take this suffering away. Like I just wanted somebody to make me feel better and it didn't work. You know, like his family was incredible and all of my friends and his friends, but I it was like the moment that I realized that if I was going to live and not die along with him, I was really going to have to do this on my own and like figure this out actually on my own. Where before I really thought it was everybody else's responsibility, right, to make my world easier. Um, and so that's when this whole exploration phase began, right? And I uh, did a lot of retreats and seminars and books and reading and everything, all the things, you know, um, and I was seeing that communication was a big part of it, but I couldn't really figure it out. And then a friend of mine was like, there's a writing and meditation workshop at the Shambhala Institute. I was living in New York. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And I really didn't know much about Buddhism. I didn't know much about meditation. And, but I went and that weekend just completely changed my world, right? Like I learned how to meditate. Um, and I also learned the elements of right speech in Buddhism. And when I learned those, which are to tell the truth, don't exaggerate, use helpful language and don't gossip. I was like, oh, cool. This is great. Like I can totally find my way out now. Right. Like I really felt like here's my path out of my suffering and it all made sense. And then I woke up the next day and was like, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> right. Like in theory, all these things sound really great, but then you're like, well, how do I implement this? Um, and so that's really where 
my practice started. This is like the lifestyle experiment phase began. And I just started changing the way that I was connecting with myself. Cause I, what I realized was that if I wanted to change how I was living in the world, I had to change how I was interacting with it, which then meant I was going to have to change how I was interacting with people. And then that meant that I was actually going to have to change the way I was interacting with myself. So it all began there. Um, and so I started just practicing daily to try to figure out how to be kind, how to be honest, how to be helpful first to myself, then with others, you know, then with like plants, animals, trees, objects, right? Um, and that's where this practice of the cane intentional communication practice really began. And I started writing about it. And then um, I created courses around it from like demand of people wanting it. And then you know, on Daily Home now, like over 60,000 people have taken my courses. And um, then that turned into like a training program and a membership and all the things. Um, and so, I mean, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this would not have been something I would have thought that I would be doing uh, because the way that I interacted was just so hard, you know, like I just suffered so much. Uh, within my relationships and it's such an incredible incredible thing um, to be a patient zero to be able to see right like you know you know like the the changes that you can create in your life um, based off of for me it was really changing the way that I communicated with myself and then others and um, and really because of this practice that's why I believe that um, I mean first I get to like honor Mao, Mauricio, that was his name. I feel like I get to honor him every day um, because this really came out of his death. And then I also feel that it brought me to a really healthy, wonderful relationship. Um, I wouldn't have been able to like find love again if I wouldn't have had these tools in this practice. Um, and I wouldn't really probably enjoy being a mother if I didn't have these tools in these practices either um, because I wouldn't know how I wouldn't know how to interact with the most important people in my life, right? Um, so that's that's kind of how it all came to be in a really roundabout way. And that's why I love hearing these stories. I know it's hard to like summarize yeah. all, you know, all these points. But you know, I was inspired to create a podcast because I've been listening to podcasts for years. Yeah. And I was going through my own dark night of the soul, mm -hmm. you know, realizing, waking up, oh my God, I'm in the middle of divorce. What am I doing with my life? I know I can't point any fingers. I have to look inward. Same. And yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's like that turning point. And yeah. I, I have to say hats off to you because that's not an easy thing to do. And I think each and everybody listening, when you've had those turning points and you you know, feel the grief, feel the feelings of a life that you thought you were going to have. But then there's a point where you're ready to change. You're fed up with the way that you were. Not to say that was bad, but it's like this. Mm -hmm. It's it's the momentum that you need to explore. I think that's the words that you were using. And if you are going through something now, just realize what you're here to work on, what you're here to heal. Yeah. 
almost nine times, I think all the time, is what you're supposed to bring into the world. And you are such a beautiful example of that, Cynthia, of like healing your own pain yeah. and what you saw in yourself and and to bring that light into the world. And that seriously, that's the reason why I created the show is to inspire other people yeah. to hear these stories like that. So thank you. Thank you're you. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't think it's easy. I mean, it's not an easy thing. Um, though, you know, what I love about the work that you share is that it really is that this being in that place was the first time where I allowed myself to feel anything, right? Like, and I think that med meditation was a really big part of that. And like finding um, these practices was a big part of just allowing myself to be in that that space of grief and like to understand what that felt like in my body and not try to like push it away or move it right but just see if I could just sit with the discomfort and that was I mean that changed everything right and so much of that is within communication yeah. so yeah. I was just about to ask you that too because if you don't you know it starts with yourself, right? Listening yeah. to yourself, communicating with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if we're not feeling our feelings or really listening, how, you know, doesn't pan out very well, mm -hmm. <laughs> long-term or short-term. No. So how, how do we start? Let's start with self. Mm -hmm. What, what, what can you do to start to tune in and, and be a better communicator with yourself first? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really the first, like the first step is really learning how to listen to yourself. Right. Um, and I think there's a few, there's different parts to it. One is you're listening to your body, right? Cause so much of what we think of when we think of listening to ourselves is listening to our thoughts. Um, but within communication, your body is your cue to really understand whether you are about to become passive aggressive or if you're about to lash out or if you're going to get dismissive or you're going to just, you know, slam a door and walk away. It shows up first in the body. Um, and so starting to pay attention to, to those moments, right, where you're interacting in a way that you don't necessarily love or you're seeing that it's hurtful and just paying attention to what is actually happening in your body, right? Like you're starting to listen to, okay, does my jaw get really tight? Does my chest tighten, right? Like, does my stunt, do I feel like I want to vomit? Like, are my hands sweating, right? You just start paying attention to sensation. And once you start getting really familiar with that sensation, you are in those interactions and you're like, oh, okay, there it is. I'm ready. Like, I'm about to just like pounce on this person, right? And so the, like the work within communication is to be able to see that you are in that heightened state and then be able to calm yourself in the moment, like access your parasympathetic nervous system in the moment that like rest and digest part of you, that calm, steady rest part, right? Have you taken the anxious personality quiz yet? Real talk, not all anxiety is created equal, nor can you manifest the same way with it? Yes, that's true. You can manifest with your anxiety. I created this quiz so you can figure out how your anxiety manifests in your life, your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions. And when we have more insight into what are triggers and how to catch them faster, 
we're able to make lasting change and amplify what we want to manifest in our life. You can find out your anxious personality type at anxiousquiz.com. Learn to embrace and manifest with your anxiety today. To then be able to have the conversation you want to have. But right now, everything happens so quickly that we just are like, boom, boom, boom. So the first thing in listening to yourself is really starting to just pay attention to the sensation in the body. And also, sometimes it's easier to begin by even just noticing what's a good sensation, right? Or like, what's a bad sensation? What's neutral? Um, Because we're so conditioned not to pay attention to our bodies. So often we're like, I don't even know what good feels like. I don't even know, right? Um, so that's the first part, I think, is really listening to your body, like listening to the sensation. And then the second piece is starting to pay attention to how, like the words that you're using towards yourself. So if you are talking to yourself in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel less than, that isn't helpful, that's hurtful, Right. If you're just continually kind of on the same loop where um, everything just feels really heavy and weighted, right? That's when you want to start to notice it and be able to be like, oh, hey, thanks so much. Right. Like, thanks so much for coming. And right now, I'm just going to let you know that I'm no longer interested, right, in going down this path. I'm really wanting to feel better and I want to feel more helpful. And so I'm just going to say, thanks so much for sharing. And I'm going to come back to what it is that I'm doing in my present moment. What are my hands doing? What are my feet doing? What's my belly doing? I'm going to take a breath and then I'm going to, you know, begin again, basically in a different direction. But so it's first just starting to notice like the same things that you're telling yourself again and again. And they can even be small things like, you know, saying I'm sorry way too much or using like I'm always late or I could never have that or, you know, things like that where you're kind of in like absolute language. Oh, yeah. For me, I have to watch trying to out negative think my negative thinking. Oh, like yeah. I'll ju- self judgment of the negative thinking thing. Yeah. I know better than this. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be thinking that. And that that's the real eye opener this past year for me is like, yeah. I have the awareness of when I'm those thoughts come up, right. but then the next inkling is to like judge myself yeah. for thinking those because they're always going to be there. They're always going to oh, pop always. up no yeah. matter how enlightened you think you are (laughs) they're always there I mean and that's so that's that's when instead right the compassion piece comes in and that's when that gentle voice comes in that's like we've got this we're good like there's no need right we can just give give ourselves like a little pep talk in this moment and we've got this you know um and that's why the meditation meditation is really such a big part of this communication practice really because Within meditation, you're learning when you're distracted, when you're present, and that moment, right, where you are noticing all your thoughts and then you're stuck in a story or you're caught somewhere. That choice point to notice and come back to the present is so important because in a lot a lot of times we can be like, oh my God, 
why are you doing this again? Like, why do you always get distracted? I can't even believe this. Like, how many times have we meditated before and this is what's happening? And then you get the opportunity, though, in that moment to start using a different voice that's like, oh, thanks, sweetheart. Like, thanks so much. See you. Great. Okay. And you come back, right? And that gentle voice, like that reminder in meditation is what then seeps out into those moments where you notice the negative self-talk and then you're like, oh, sweetheart, I see you. It's cool. We're okay. You know? Um, yeah. So it is that moment. It, but that's also what's happening when, when you're interacting too, right? In those like heated moments where you feel the sensation instead of judging the sensation, you're like, oh, there's my sensation. I'm just angry right now, or I'm, I'm just feeling really stupid right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It all comes down, down to, down to the awareness. Mm -hmm. And like the compassionate awareness, you know, compassionate awareness. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Every guest I have on, of course, it's always, there's, it's like, I need to hear the, I'm like, you know, I could not even need to post this everybody for everybody else listening. It's, (laughs) it's, you know, selfishly, it's always, you know, resonates with me. So I know it'll resonate with, with others as well. Um, but coming from this compassionate self-awareness and then bringing it out to the world with other beings or things or animals or people, you know, one of the biggest things in my journey is realizing I can't control other people Mm -hmm. or their reactions. So we're, we're bringing, when we put another person in this communication thing, yeah. You know, we, we can be aware of our sensations, but it's like, you know, there's another person there. Yeah. So how can we bring this compassionate awareness into yeah. outside party? Yeah. That's why I love it. Cause in theory, it's all like, Oh, that sounds so amazing. But it's like, how do you actually do? Um, so when you have someone else involved, we can't, right. We cannot control somebody else's reaction. And one of the things that truly holds up, most people back from expressing themselves is the fear of somebody else's reaction, right? So before we even express ourselves, we have created an entire story around what the reaction could potentially be, which then creates so much fear, which then prevents us from expressing it. And then it gets, you know, piled upon and pushed down and pushed down. And then we continue in our default reactions to be passive aggressive or to lash out or what have you, right? Um, and so one of the, the pieces to really start to understand is that the other person can have whatever reaction they want to have. They can have, it can be like a great reaction. It can be a really bad reaction. And our role is not to like, our responsibility is not to take on their reaction. Our responsibility is to allow them to have a reaction. And so our work in the moment is we express ourselves. First, we have to understand that most of what we're telling ourselves that prevents us from expressing ourselves isn't true, right? Because we don't know any of that to be true. So if we don't know it to be true, then we can think, well, what's potentially the best possible outcome? Because we often think in the worst case scenarios, right? So then we can think, well, if I express this to this person, they truly care for me. They respect me, right? They don't want me to feel pain or suffering in any way, right? 
Um, and this could potentially bring me closer to that person. This could create more intimacy with that person. This could uh, bring a lot of clarity for me to know if this is even a person that can uh, rise to the occasion of being with me in this way, right? We don't know. Um, and then you express yourself. And it's like, I often tell people, um, there's the, like in New York, in the city by, um, where they have, where's the ice rink? You know, I like can't think of it right Is now. it Rockefeller? Yeah. So Rockefeller Center, like right out of Rockefeller Center, there's this statue. And I think it's called like the Atlas Man. And it's this guy and he's basically carrying the world on his shoulders. And I often think of interacting with other people in this way. It's that we express ourselves and then we are the Atlas Man or we are the Atlas Woman and we hold our arms out. And whatever the reaction is, the reaction is, it's not for us to judge, it's not for us to engage with even, it's just for us to allow. Then the reaction finishes. Then we either decide, okay, do we need to kind of revisit what we were talking to? Do we need to go another direction? Do I have more clarity to know whether this person can meet me where I need them to or not? And then I make a decision. So it's it's almost like you're you're asking, then you're holding then you're asking, then you're holding, then you're making a decision of some sort. Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, with communication for me, the top thing that comes to mind is listening, like actually listening and not hearing, you know, listening to understand, not to respond. Yeah. And I think that's what you just described. I was going to ask it, but I'm, yeah. I don't know if you have anything Basically, else to add. Yeah. And one of, one of uh, my instructors, I love what he said. He was like, you know, when he thinks about it, he thinks of it, it's um, like instead of agreement, it's clarity over agreement, right? So you're not trying to get somebody to agree with you. You're not trying to get somebody to understand you. You're not trying to get somebody to, you know, believe what you believe or what have you. It really is most of our expression is around like clarity we're trying to gain more clarity right um and it is really to be able to have that you have to learn how to be in conversation and to do that requires allowing other people to express themselves basically yeah. and it not be what we want it to be <laughs> all the time <laughs> that's how we learn and that's how we grow and you know that's how you get closer to people yeah, and I wanted to talk about conflicts next because mm -hmm. I know my default is like either run away, ignore the problem, or I'm coming in with guns blazing. Yeah. So how can we bring this into resolving conflicts? So, I mean, if you are, let's say, I mean, your default is to come out with guns blazing, right? In the moment, what you're doing is you are, so the awareness has to be there from the beginning, right? So your work is to slow everything down so that you can feel in your body. The first thing is truly like you're noticing the sensation rising of whatever the guns blazing feels like in your body, right? What is it for you? Do you know? It's like a fire burning, like in my lower, it's just like this ball of energy like in my stomach yeah so when it needs to come you are out. there 
Mm-hmm. It's like, that's like when you notice that that's starting to happen, that's when you come in and you're like, okay, we're feeling like, we're feeling really heated right now. We're feeling like you're talking to yourself in that moment and you're like, we're okay. We're fine. We've got this, like stay, you can like tell yourself soften, stay open, right. To ground yourself into the moment. And then while the other person is still potentially talking, right. You're just trying to see them as somebody who you care for and that you respect, that you want to be helpful to, right. You, you want to try to see them as human again in that moment. And then they're finished. And then you take a deep breath and then you express yourself, right? So the the piece with conflict is that you are going to be in interactions that don't always feel good, right? And it's really to understand, to practice in that moment. There's a sensation. I know what that sensation means, right? I know what the feeling is because feeling is really important here too. Because once we under we understand there's usually around like two core feelings that we have in these moments. And if you think back on your last conversations that where you lashed out or where you, you know, decided to walk away, you'll be able to get to the root of like, what, like, what was I really feeling in that? And once you unlock those feelings, it's beautiful because those feelings are then what give you the opportunity to express yourself to speak so that then somebody actually understands you right so then when you're talking you're not you're not meeting the other person's anger you're not um bringing up past events you're not charging with like you always or you know you're no longer using language that distracts the other person you're actually you begin to use language that is more focused and helpful in the sense that you're like you know, when this happened, I felt stupid. And I know that that's not your intention, right? You know, the next time you want me to, I don't know, do the dishes, don't tell me that, you know, like the next time you want me to do the dishes, just ask me to do them right after dinner or whatever it might be, right? But it really is the conflict piece and the resolve or the resolution piece comes with being able to calm yourself in that moment, see the other person with friendly eyes, right? And then be able to really just be conscious and clear and concise with your language. So Simple. Sometimes we like to complicate things. I mean, oh yeah, it's super simple. It's super simple. It's just hard to implement. Yeah. So yeah. You know, and it requires practice. It really requires practice. Yeah, and grace, and grace, yeah. giving ourselves mm-hmm. compassionate grace mm-hmm. and awareness. And it requires us to slow everything down, really. Mm. So it's like you become, you become really like an observer like a living walking meditation yes exactly we call it like active meditation there you go mm-hmm. yeah what would my life look like if it was all an active meditation that is a question to ask yourself mm-hmm. yeah hmm. i will be journaling on that after this <laughs> mm-hmm.
Well, if people are interested in, you know, working with you or, you know, reading one of your books, how can they get a hold of you? What kind of services do you do you offer and your institute offer? Yeah. So with <clears throat> with my books, you can find them in bookstores or on Amazon or anywhere. Um, and um, to work with me directly, we have a membership program, a monthly membership that we offer. Um which I really like, I'm very excited about and I love. Um, and it's really like weekly communication intentions and like meditation specific to communication and then a weekly call to talk about kind of what's coming up for guidance. And then um, also working with me directly, we have the mentorship program, which is long, it's like a year long program and it's really more around um, intentional communication to live an intentional life um and then the work that we do with companies is really cool too um so the institute is really what takes our training program and brings the training program into um, companies to help companies create more uh connection company culture right um and to help right now what we're seeing a lot of is um there's a lot of DEI training out there and what's happening is a lot of people aren't sure then how to actually implement the training that they're receiving. And so this communication piece is really important because this work of intentional communication really helps us speak to each other in a kind, honest and inclusive and diverse way. So, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and you can find us really at the websites, intentionalcommunicationinstitute.com and then cynthiacane.com. Awesome. Yeah, everything will be linked in the show notes. So you guys just click away. Um, thank you so much, Cynthia, for coming on here and showing up for us today, but showing up for yourself because what a beautiful, beautiful story that you have that's just rippling out into the universe, your your beautiful energy. So thank you. You're welcome. And yeah, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. And how may we, the listeners, a big act of gratitude be of service for you in return today? Mm. Well, I, I would really love for everyone to, what I love, let me think. I would love for anyone who's listening um, to choose how you want to interact in your next conversation, right? Like in your next interaction. And whether it's choose to, choosing to be present, to be honest, to be patient, um, to be loving, to be helpful, um, and just see what even just setting an intention for an interaction can do to change the interaction. Right? That's what I would love. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so yeah. much for your beautiful heart today and talking with us all. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me and all the work that you do. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing all these, um, I mean, all the practices that you've gone through and you work towards. And I mean, for me, emotion is, I mean, it's everything. The body tells us all the things. And for so long, I was so scared, like so scared of emotion. And that's actually our superpower. So it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So thank awesome. you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.
remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the 